Becky. How have you been this week, Becky? It's been a good week. I haven't seen you. I've been traveling all week. I know you were out of the office. Um, all, all week, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of not your normal anymore. Uh, I know. It's uh, no longer, huh? It was, it was very quiet. I got stuff done, though, because <laughs> you weren't bugging me. <laughs> that's... that's... A lot of people have actually said that, that uh, when I'm not around, they get stuff done. And then when I'm around, it's... And then you come back and my to-do list grows by like... Exponentially. A foot. Yeah. Yeah. So at a couple shows this week and uh, just out. And it was interesting. I'm... We, we talk about it a lot on this show. I'm kind of jumping right in today. We talk a lot about it on this show that... Agents and brokers and carriers seem to be behind. And behind what? Really just the technology curve, the marketing and consumer curve. I see a thing about millennials that probably we'll be talking about shortly, the millennial curve. They're trying all these different ways, and I think that they're failing, and they don't know what to do about it. I think the general consensus when I talk to agents and carriers, and I spoke to a lot of them this week, yep. is that they don't know what's next. Like it's a really scary topic. And it's interesting to actually see them admit this. Yeah. And because for so long they've been kind of like, well, you know, we're we're immune to this this is the insurance industry we'll be fine we'll be fine we'll be fine and now it's kind of oh crap maybe we're not yeah and you know we we prognosticate on this show quite a bit yeah about the industry everything kind of going forward and i'm getting the feeling that you know always my favorite thing is when someone says oh yeah you were right it's scary to be right in this regard yeah is that there's a lot of concern from all aspects of the business and you see traditional vendors, technology vendors, you see traditional agencies and carriers not going to traditional shows that they've always gone to. You see new players coming in there and seeing how they can disrupt it, how they can change it, how they can take advantage of it. You have people that are still operating on paper that are talking about, we're going to leapfrog into the next generation. Right. It's, an exciting time, but scary at the same point. Yeah. I thought about that on the on the plane ride back. I was just thinking about it, going I, I there's there's so much opportunity right now in this market for agents and brokers and carriers and really the industry as a whole. But people aren't taking advantage of it. And it's well, I mean, it's they don't know how, right? Because how, how do you not know? I mean, well, insurance is not, it is not razors, you know, talking about disruption, right? It's, it is not something that you frequently use. And, and we can, you said razors, razors, right? Dollar shave. Uh, they dollar came shape, in yeah, and, okay. and just thought we would make sure we're on the same page. Yes. Yes. You know, Netflix. Okay. But you know, better, probably more widely known example of a disruptor that came in and has completely had an impact on traditional cable companies and cable subscriptions because I don't have one. I haven't had one in five years. And how do you uh, watch Game of Thrones? HBO now. So you pay Streaming. for that? I pay. Yes, I do pay for that. I do not steal it. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is well worth the money to have HBO now. But uh, but uh, here in like three weeks, whenever it's no. all done and done, will you keep it? I keep it. 
I don't keep. I don't have it just for Game of Thrones. I have it for Silicon Valley. I have it for um, Barry. I have it for Big Little Lies. I have it for access to the whole HBO catalog. Okay. I never watched The Sopranos when it was on, but guess what I did? The first thing I got HBO now, I watched The Sopranos. Uh, I miss The Sopranos. I miss the early Sopranos. Fantastic show. The Wire. Best show on TV ever. Best show ever. Ever. Best show ever. I don't know about that. No. I, uh, yeah. Great, I mean, okay, the great first American time, Hero. No. The first time sure I watched that? The Wire was actually through Netflix because you could get back when you got the DVDs, right? And that's that's how I watched The Wire the first time around. But then I watched it again once I got the HBO subscription. But So we digress. Yeah, but like we get, normally do. Uh, heading heading back to where we were going on that i agree it's not a cut and dry you know easy to disrupt because you have regulations and all that but there are things happening that will definitely have an impact on the industry oh i i I agree and you know, I like to be optimistic. Maybe it's because I keep waking up on the wrong side of the bed this week, <laughs> walking you, around grumpy. Yes, you yeah. were definitely grumpy earlier this week. I, yes. I think I came in and talked to you, and I was like, oh, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. <laughs> so, yeah, it, 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 was, it was a rough, rough, uh, rough week, I guess, mentally. But uh, I'm feeling better now. Later in the day on Friday, we can record. My first question to you when I walked into your (laughs) office this morning is, are you still grumpy? (laughs) Because if you are, I will walk out. But uh, yeah, no. And um, maybe I'm just pessimistic. Maybe I'm just in a grumpy mood. I I don't know. However, I, I just saw it in the eyes of the agents and the brokers and the carriers that I spoke to this week that they're lost. Yeah. And even when we harken back to Elevate, you could see some of that same stuff is that people – there was a lot of people that were at that show that I think they were more about their brand. Yeah. They were about their personal brand. Like they're trying to build up that, Person you know, can't be a brand. I, but you, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, that they yeah. were sitting there. It's about their Instagram. They have cameras following them. What the flying hell does anybody – care of if you saw the day-to-day operations of how your insurance agency operates have you been on youtube why does I, anybody care to follow anybody i, I know but you, there's a point where you just go jesus i i've seen okay great you you do that but why do you care that your insurance agent went to a it's not that it's uh, a, a trade show as much as they like the person it's not that exactly an and then yeah. so the, that there's a lot of people that were out there trying to build their their own personal brand that's the they're they're trying to build the person and i'm like nah and so you're seeing a lot of that that the people that are talking a lot and i i say this all the time is that it's amazing the people that are doers are usually the ones that are quiet they're the ones that are actually just doing what they're operating at a high level they're focused on their business they're not you don't see you know their ceo dropping out and you know FaceTiming while they're getting their teeth done or something, you know, it just, they're not doing that because they're focused on growing their business. Seems like these, a lot of these businesses out here right now, these, a lot of these agencies are about, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe I am a grumpy old man that is out of touch with what millennials, there's your scare quotes, Mm. um, millennials are, um, 
you, you know, what they're in tune with these days because I just don't get it. Well, since you bring up millennials, I did and I printed it off. I killed a lot of trees. Um, Cake and Arrow, we talked last summer about their millennial report that they released last summer about millennials and insurance. It was a two-parter, I think one of our more popular episodes. So if you haven't heard it, go check it out. Um, but they released this new, really comprehensive report, and it's 70 pages long, and I'm only halfway through it, so we might have to make this a two-parter. But it's it's interesting. It's, it's data they've been working on for the last year putting together with the help of coverager and it talks a lot about what we've already started with today right okay so no you know kind of the first thing is like convenience right so the first part of the report they're talking about um the state of the industry and, and they frame it as it concerns millennials but i really think the millennials is just really a reference point for any modern consumer who is using digital. Exactly. That's, I mean, there, there are some consumers out there who are still doing things the old way and, but there's also millennials that are doing it the old way. There, there are, but there, there are Gen X and even some baby boomers who are doing it digitally. So saying this is only millennials, I think is a little bit, um, I I think they're chasing, yeah, I think they're chasing a headline with that. Yeah. But I I think a lot of what they talk about as far as the convenience and the digital aspect, um, applies to to many consumers, not just the millennials, but the second half, and this is the part I'm not into it, not into yet is the, um, Millennial research that they did and exploring insurance from a millennial well, perspective. But, first of all, I'll talk about convenience. Yeah, so we'll start with the convenience part of the, the um, Is that report. I think that a lot of people are now starting to overpay for convenience. <coughs> and, yeah. and that's a. There's I, certainly a um, premium on mm-hmm. convenience. Like they use the, in the report the example of the food industry, right? So. Having a meal kit service like Blue Apron costs you more money than buying your own groceries and doing your own meal planning. Having um, meals delivered to you via Uber Eats or DoorDash is more expensive than going out and getting it yourself. Um, Stuff like that, like the convenience of having that delivered to you and having that planned for you or prepped for you is more expensive than doing it yourself. But that's always been the case, right? We pay more for convenience. Yeah, and, and I think that we're starting to pay more and we're more accepting of the convenience fee, as it were. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a, a, a problem is that people will sit there and say, well, you get a premium for the convenience, that you pay a premium for the convenience. Just in this industry, it's very difficult for you to realize the gains of that premium convenience at a cost-effective measure. Yeah. And what would happen is that you – it's really the onus is on the agency and the broker and the carrier, whoever it may be, to – they have to pay for this convenience. To They have to create this convenience to make it easier to remove friction from the buying process. Right. And they don't really gain any substantial upside. They don't get a – they don't realize any – they can't put a convenience fee on that. Right. Well, that, that's kind of actually pretty much their first point, that the internet doesn't – isn't changing coverage, right? But it changes how that coverage is delivered and how it's being packaged, right? right. 
So the actual insurance product is not changed by insurance or changed by the internet. It's changed. What is changing is how we get that insurance product, how we buy it. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm still of the, of the quite now I, I get that. My question is really, and these are numbers that I think would be great if they have it is that, Still, I think that the numbers that of people that even whenever they have that ability for convenience, they still they don't they still don't uh, they are you know be able to do it online direct bind mm-hmm. online whatever. Even when they have that option, they opt more often to go directly to an agent. For now, I, I know, but we're you know the last Comscore report. Do you have you was twenty fifteen. So now it's four years old. They yeah. don't have an updated one. Why don't they have an updated one? I, I don't know. I, I went looking for one. I was actually looking this morning for it and I wasn't able to find an updated version of it. All over their website they only reference the twenty fifteen version. Interesting. Thank you for saying twenty fifteen. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I, you know, I was looking specifically because I wanna know. I, I I'm starting to, you know, we were one of the ITC was one of the four forefront on the buy not buy online, the buy now button, whatever they want to call it. We were one of the first ones to do it. And it's gone nowhere. Yeah. We we have it available. We have it available for agents and brokers. If the carriers work with us, then it, it's available. But the numbers aren't boring out. Yeah. Even whenever they make it super easy to buy, the numbers just don't bore out. People still want to talk to an agent and they see these and, and and I'm seeing these numbers and I was hoping that there's some industry one that gives insight into it publicly mm-hmm. because I see a lot of numbers I can't use. Right. I can't use some of the numbers I do know because it, they're, they're focused and they're very niche. They might be in dur- an online only agency that really forces their consumers to go online only, or they might be a lead aggregator. Those I'm seeing, the buy now button is not getting clicked. People really just want to contact it. And I can ask you, you're a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. I am. Um, would you buy an insurance policy online? Sight unseen. Depends on the policy. Are we talking like one of the, the major policies? Yep. Probably not. Okay. But I, I, I'm not a fair person to ask because I am in the industry, right? So I understand. No, but you, you had an agent before you were in the industry, right? I did. Okay. I did, but there, that technology was not there at that time. Uh, you're not too far into this. You haven't been here for ten years. I've yet. been here eight. I know, but, almost. But we weeks. had we had buy online back in two thousand. ITC had buy or we had the ability to um, get con- shop consumer rates on Turborator back in two thousand and eight. You didn't have my carriers. Uh, that's fine, <laughs> but you know we had that ability. Yeah. But there were other – and really, if you want to talk about your carriers, that was available back in 99 mm-hmm. with Insweb. So it's – you know, really, it's been around for a very long time. And here we are 20 years later, and we're still not seeing this uptick. Yeah, you feel old all of a sudden. <laughs> I saw that wince. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a sure enough Gen Xer. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in that weird kind of – I am in the weird zone that never really – had a 
you know, uh, we, we had no purpose. So we just kind of shut up and <laughs> stayed under the radar. Yeah. We weren't baby boomers. We weren't millennials. We weren't whiny babies, whatever. We were just, we just showed up to work. But I, I, I'm really struggling if consumers want the convenience because I bought an insurance policy online. Just recently, I went through the entire process. Now, granted, I took screenshots all the way through, <laughs> and I was I was very. Are they caught- a client? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 a client. Yes, okay. and so I I went through the entire process, screenshotting, understanding it, under going through the entire thing, mm-hmm. and understanding how it works. By the end, I had the intent, the absolute intent, to buy that policy online. At the very end of the process, there were two questions within the interview that gave me moments of pause to the point where I almost abandoned and called. And I started with the intent to go through that entire process and buy this policy on purpose. Yeah, Like I had the intent to do that. So not only did I walk into it with, I want to get this. I walked into it with one more factor on top of it. And at the end of the process, I was wanting to abandon. They asked me a question. The way they asked it caused me massive concern because they asked, have you been in an accident in the last two years? Yes, I have been in an accident last two years. They didn't ask anything else. Later down the process, they go, tell us more about this accident. What was the date of the accident? That's it. Yeah. What What do you think is a, a, a primary question that they're missing there? Were you found at fault? Correct. And I'm going, wait a minute. They don't know if I'm – because I was absolutely not at fault. Someone cut in front of me. I stroked a $0 check for that. I got my, I was no pay. I didn't have to pay anything out. I had no deductible. I had nothing. It was all handled. And, but the way they framed that question, were you in an accident? Yes or no. What is it? You know, now it's like, I should have lied. Yeah. And I literally called them after the fact. And sure enough, they had a accident surcharge, an at fault accident surcharge on my record. Yeah. Or, or not on my record, but on, on the, the policy. policy. And I'm like, this is incorrect. Your website failed to ask this question properly. It was a big brand. Mm. And it wasn't a complex policy. It wasn't auto, it wasn't home, it was a toy. So I, I you know, I'm sitting there and I'm tech savvy. I buy stuff online all the time, and here I am going, and I'm insurance savvy on top of that. Right. And I'm going, I I don't know if I'm making the right choice. Right. And I wanted to call, and the only reason I didn't call prior to buying was because I wanted to complete the flow. Mm. But then I called and got it corrected. Yeah. So Did you go back to see if they fixed their No, 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 I doubt they fixed it. Mm. It's funny though, because I know who to contact, and I did contact them, and I said this: the way you frame this is BS. Yeah, and we'll look at it. They don't care. Mm-hmm. So, but so you know, when we talk about convenience and all that, I just wonder if this is an industry 
that convenience doesn't fly. That, that other than having the policy on your phone and being able to well, do an ID card and all that type of stuff. That, that, that's a few feet into the report. <laughs> yeah, it is quite a few trees. But, okay, so I, that's just one of my questions. Now, right. I challenge you. I have a question is, what is something that you would absolutely unequivocally would not buy online? Well, I mean, if if I was at this stage in my life again, my wedding dress. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, life insurance. Since we're, you know, this is an insurance podcast, I wouldn't buy that online. Even, you know, buying a home, buying a car, you know, even buying a car online, sight unseen. You haven't sat in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, and yeah, I know like Carvana and car dealerships, they're like, you can buy it online and then walk in and verify it. Not if you don't want it, you don't need it, whatever, or whatever you can, you can cancel it. There's so many things that you wouldn't buy online. Yeah. And I'm sure our listeners would, could come up with a ton of them. Is insurance one of them? I know that a lot of insurance policies are are sold online. And I also know that, um, you know, a good example, Coverhound. I think Coverhound has on their homepage over 200,000 policies issued. They've been around for how long? Oh, God. At least five years now, I think. Quite a while. Yeah, if not longer. Yeah. And then, you know, and then for them to only have issued 200,000 policies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, join the insurance revolution. 200,000 plus policies issued. Yeah. Or policies sold. For as long as they've been around, two hundred thousand policies online with a with a highly rated insure tech type thing with lots of traffic. Two hundred thousand policies is not a lot. No, it's like a fraction of what Geico did last year. Well, it's a fraction of what Geico even, did last year. They did five hundred forty thousand last year. Five hundred forty thousand. Yeah, in one year, but also in one I, year, yeah. I know. I know uh, agencies that are closing thirty to forty thousand policies a month. Yeah, a month. Yeah. So you you know, and that's where I'm like going. Give me a number of like the number of policies that are because I assure you that a good majority were not actually sold completely online. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so they 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 talk a little bit about um, the the companies and carriers who are who are trying to be more convenient, right? And it's not just insurtech uh, startups. They actually mention that um, incumbents are launching these modern programs to attract modern consumers. We talked about Toggle a few episodes ago um, in the famous chip episode. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely seeing that. But the, the convenience goes actually deeper than digital, right? It's not just about being online. Do tell. It is convenience and or fair and or flexible and or functional and or social responsibility. So these the, – it is a combination of one or, or two or more of these things that seems to be resonating with more modern consumers. So again, actually, you know, the convenience is important. But the fairness, also you've got consumption-based pricing, right? Paying for your insurance as you need it rather than – paying for insurance that you're not ever going to use. You know, I can understand that for vehicles where it can be tracked, but surely not like the 
the trove and all that where you sit there and go, I'm going on a trip and I'm going to, you know, my, I'm going to share my camera. Oh, my camera got lost on my trip, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that is one of those. I know. Right. You got trove, you've got root, you know, things like that. Um, but taking fair and taking that a step further, you have subscription based pricing. Right. So Hugo insurance mm-hmm. would be one of those. Then you have more functionality. So companies adding value by adding benefits and perks beyond just the coverage itself. Yeah, that's that's a that's a new trend that, you know, is the perks. And this this is the same yeah. for like employer employers is like you offer perks that nobody actually takes advantage of or uses. And that's but that's also why I always try to drive people to use perks that are a little bit more usable like uh, NSD, so roadside assistance. Right. You know, even if you include it in the policy from the insurance standpoint, that that's an additional revenue stream for the agency. It gives them something that they would actually use, and it could be really seen as a perk of value. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many perks these days that like that's just giveaway. You know, oh, the perk is you know your fitness watch. Your perk. One of the perks is you get these badges. You know, I don't need no stinking badges. I didn't badges. I don't need no stinking. Yeah, very good. Good reference there. <laughs> You're dating yourself. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I did that earlier with my visible grimace at 20 years. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, so, you know, insurers are offering more things rather than just the insurance product itself. So that's, that's one of them. And then the last one, uh, social responsibility, right? Finding a way because millennials are more socially responsible. No, they're not. They they think they are. Let's 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 go ahead and you know, cap there. You know, open that can of worms right there. Is that they think they're more socially responsible? They like to think that they are. They like to present themselves are, but they're not. They're just the same, and they're just self as self centered as any generation before it. Well. I mean, everybody's self-centered, right? That's no difference. Exactly. So don't, stop saying that you, you care about these things because the, the second the, it doesn't, they – It's not that they that they care and they're giving you know a third of their income to, to charity. It's that they – when they presented with the choice, would like to choose brands that give back. Yep. Right? Yep. Like that so – who's that sock manufacturer? You mean shoes? No, the sock, the sock one. I don't know the sock one. There's a sock one that they give away a pair of socks. For every pair of socks you buy, they give it away a pair of socks. It's very similar to the shoe one. Yeah. Their socks cost twice as much. But you feel good when you buy it because... <laughs> no, I see right through the BS. Well, it's, yeah, it's like, that's because you're Generation X. I'm, I'm just buying, I'm buying two pairs of socks and not getting one of them. <laughs> very, um, what is uh, Generation X's generalizations? We're smart. We're money focused. No, um, we we uh, are fiscally conservative and highly uh, critical. And yes, <laughs> well, uh, it, it's it's critical. Uh, we are not, what's the word for critical? It's uh, we're suspect. We yes. we suspect yes. everything. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But um, but you know there are insurers who are trying to incorporate that social responsibility into what they their pitch right namely the most most popular well-known one being lemonade and again i think that that's creative capitalism this has been around for a while where you sit there and say you do this and we'll we'll 
we'll put out that that or we'll you know make a donation or you know the the roundup for charity all these things have been around forever it's not anything new it's created in fact there's a great article in the early 2000s about and i'll find it maybe it's in the show notes maybe not because i could be fine but it's called creative capitalism Mm -hmm. it's finding ways that you can build your brand because they're not it's disingenuous that they're sitting there going okay i'm gonna you know plant a tree for every policy sold or something like that because they're what is their end goal their end goal is to sit there and make money. You're, if all of a sudden that tree planting program starts cutting into the bottom line, their private equity, their venture capital doesn't see the return because of the cost of seedlings. They pull that out. They'll stop doing it. They'll just stop advertising about it and talking about them doing it. And they got all that social value at the very beginning to build up their brand. And all they were ever concerned about was their bottom line. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I just let you go on your rant there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bringing this back to convenience, right? We are in a convenience economy. Everything is around all all of the cool things in business and and startups and everything is around convenience. And insurance is is really no different, and certainly becoming that way. But they have they cited an interesting study from Accenture that said. More than three quarters of the response to this survey are willing to share data to get better price. Was this teared down to millennials? No, this was not specifically okay. millennials. Right. And this is kind of my point of this is the, the title is millennials because that's yeah. where they're going to get the clicks and the attention. But it really applies to any consumer who is digitally um, comfortable. But, yeah. I- I, I, yeah, that's not wise. I mean, it, it goes back to the if I'm not doing anything wrong, then I'm what am I worried if someone's tracking me? Yeah. Um. So this is this is where we talk about the difference between an insurance, right? If your coverage is the same, if that you know, and price is your only difference. What? No, I, I wanted to see the sheet. It, it has pretty pictures, so I wanted to see it. Well, I mean, it talks about what's the difference between these policies other than the font. One looks a little nicer, but it's the same product, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, Hanover has been trying to do this uh, for the people that cannot see through the mic. <laughs> is, um, it, it's a picture of the lemonade policy, renter's policy, right side by side with the uh, state farm policy. And... Um, what it is is it's it's demonstrating that the lemonade policy looks a lot cleaner than the farmer the state farm one. Well, the state farm surely looks like my old auto and home policy. Mm-hmm. It's probably pumped out from the same form system that they have in there, mm-hmm. and it's just following that same thing. So it looks it coincides with it because you have, if I can zoom in with my eyeballs here, is that you have coverages and property. You've got your loss settlement um, provisions. You have it looks like inflation, and then you've got the policy premium. But and yeah, I mean, yes, it looks cleaner and all that. But the State Farm one gives you more information. You come from a, and that's that's one thing that Hammer was, Hanover was doing is that they they simplified the policy and they still have all the stuff in the background that you have to read. Right. But okay, okay, I'd say that. Okay, so basically. 
when everything is the same, when or at least when it seems to be the same, right? There might be differences, but to the average consumer, do they really understand the minutia that is different? Things start to blend in, and they focus on the price when making a decision. Yep, price matters. Price every single matters day. every single time. And we have talked multiple times on this podcast about you market on price and sell on value, mm-hmm. right? That's how you have to do it because that is what consumers are focused on. Partly because that's what the marketing has always been. It's all, but people that are price conscious, they they shop. It 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 encompasses their entire life. Right, they're price sensitive all the time. But think about it, like you know, and they they said they had this stat here from 2012 to 2016, an average of only 5.92 percent of insured homes had a claim. So the true value of insurance is when you have a claim. But if a, only a small percentage of policyholders have a claim, they're not actually experiencing the value of insurance for themselves. Yeah, so why would you not be focused on price in that situation? But that's see, I think that that's where it goes that you shouldn't be talking about convenience like we're talking now. I don't think it's about convenience. I think it's about marketing. This is marketing. It is marketing. Is that what you do is you say, hey, I appreciate you being a, a customer. You know, we we feel that we're offering you a good service as it is. There's no changes to your policy. And you you have to say, hey, here we go. That's right. But then, then they go and include the taglines or the meta descriptions for both insure tech companies and your incumbent insurers. And they're all focused on price. Yep. Right. Metro Mile, drive less, save more on car insurance. Root, save up to 52% on your car insurance. I did this. I, this was my presentation um, five, six years ago. Really? I did this exact presentation whenever – my seminar on market on price, sell on value yeah. have, does this exact exercise. Yeah. yeah. So on this – I think that's the search term, just generic car insurance, yep. right? They're, the the meta description includes words like save and discount. So it's more positive, right? Correct. But for the search term cheap car insurance, now all of a sudden Geico goes from – a meta description of in just 15 minutes, you could save $500 or more on car insurance. Get a quote. Whereas cheap car insurance, it's cheap, has a bad connotation, but it doesn't have to be this way. With Geico, cheap auto insurance means something completely they, different. They it's all affordable. target cheap. They I mean, all target cheap. Yep. All of them. Yep. Nope. That, that's absolutely right. Because that that's what people are, are geared off of. I need but, to re- resurrect that for the new that, – that would be fantastic stuff for my – you can have the report when I'm done with it. Okay. You're done with the first uh, <laughs> the first the, half. the first volume. <laughs> Pretty much. But when you also market on price, you're setting expectations among consumers so that when they have an increase, what's the first thing that's gonna happen? No, if they're gonna if they'll come to you for a dollar, they'll leave you for a dollar. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So that's you can't stand for something and then have that something change. Every six months or twelve months or whatever, right? And then and then complain about the the turn rate because mm-hmm. you're doing that to yourself. But and this and this is again comes down to marketing. You I know, know. market why they they should stay with you even with the price increase. And this is this is where it gets more about the convenience in the insurance industry, not and less about the marketing of the price and everything. But mm-hmm. um, in the digital race for convenience, insurance companies are lagging far behind. 
At its core, the insurance product is not a product of frequently of frequent use. It was designed to be used in emergency emergency situations only. This means that convenience doesn't deliver a strong effect for insurance as a standalone product, and that creates an opening for outside brands to add insurance products to their existing offerings and provide consumers with a level of convenience insurance companies alone can't match. And this Otherwise is where cross selling. Yes, and yeah. this is where the problem lies, right? Their example is Expedia. How they partnered with AIG last year to offer travel insurance at the time you were booking your trip. Mm-hmm. So rather than having to go on and shop a travel insurance policy, and this is travel insurance. I know. No, no, no. I, I was just thinking that uh, a lens has been doing it on American Airlines for like five years. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's one airline where mm-hmm. Expedia has, you know, multiple, but if you can go online and buy travel insurance through a travel insurance company or whatever, that's convenient. But being able to do it while you're booking your trip by just selecting, yes, I want to add on insurance is way more convenient correct but um, that's that's what car dealerships have been trying to do that's what tesla is doing as we talked about last week yep is they're trying to say all right we'll just check this box and you have insurance that's where subscription programs but it, it, that convenience is starting to go into subscription car programs and right. all that right and this and this is where it gets a little scary right insurance is now trying to be convenient Right. We're trying to be more convenient, offering different ways, however consumers want their insurance. But if insurance is even more convenient when it's integrated with other products and services, now insurance is no longer a consumer-facing industry. And that's the scary part. Yeah. It, it, well, that's, that's the true commoditization of it. Yes. Travel insurance is commoditized completely at this point. You, oh, yeah. you, you, you know, generally it's like, do you want travel insurance? You don't know that it's with AIG. Right. You, they might throw the logo or whatever it may be. However, in the end, you could remove the logo and you would actually have, I think I could argue that you would have better uptick if you remove the logo, AIG. Because AIG has a negative connotation because what happened in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And if they already have brand, um, you know, the, the consumer engagement with the brand of Expedia, mm-hmm. well, then they would assume that the travel insurance is also done through Expedia. Right. And, and, and you, that happens all the time. You get a extended warranty policy from Best Buy. Best Buy actually doesn't service a lot of their policies. You get an additional policy after the fact. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I... That's but that's why the insurance carriers are trying to diversify. That's why agencies are starting to try to diversify their product offering. And that's why I think the ones that are just like putting their head in the sand, well, I'm just going to focus on commercial or I'm not really, you know, doing anything to change kind of status quo. Those are the ones that are dying. Yeah. Well, the last point I want to make in this part, and we'll, and I'll have to go through the rest of the report. Maybe oh, we'll we're, make we're only at 38 minutes. Oh, only. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Then let's, let's finish this, this last part of the report. Um, is you know we're we're in an age of discretion as you actually pull out your phone and, and look at your phone while I'm t- yep <laughs> I'm listening at this point and this is this is what they say you can't compete for consumers' attention with a product that lacks the five basic human senses isn't meant to be used on a regular basis is driven by price and is being cannibalized by major platforms that are looking to please their consumers and increase profits so basically insurance companies are left with a choice. 
you have to be the platform or get on one. Yep. Yeah. And you see, you and that's what they're doing. Yes. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Also, look, they have this crossword puzzle for insured tech taglines. I kind of want to, I want to do it later. Mm. It's like midway through the report. Yeah, it's fun. That's fun. I know. So I, I do have one little thing um, that I thought we might close today's episode with. I thought it'd be fun. Okay, dokie. Because it's baseball season. It is. Yes. So I saw this on Twitter. You know, the, these Twitter games where it's like you take this, then you take that, and you put it together, and it's oh, your... We're, oh, like my my catacorn name is uh, Sparkly. Uh, yeah, your cat's musical name is whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so your MLB nickname is the last thing you purchased and your fourth grade teacher's last name. Which one? I went to fourth grade twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go the one I liked. You go the one, Not the one I didn't like. Okay. All right. So, um, or was the first one? I, since I know the, the last first, thing you purchased, the last thing you I purchased, know what mine is? like major purchase or just it doesn't say. It just says the last thing you purchased. Here's my. You know what mine is? <laughs> you don't want to know mine. <laughs> Skittles Marbet. <laughs> Mine's Skittles Marbut. Mine's almost as bad. Might be worse. <laughs> Are you going to share? Are you going to just... Beef Jerky Lotic. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, the, the first first grade teacher would, would be like, I could, I could actually see a baseball person with beef jerky Williamson, but, uh, but beef jerky law dick is, <laughs> is right there. Oh, dear listeners, what is your MLB nickname? <laughs> it is up on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can also tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. Or tweet with a hashtag of what your damn baseball name is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find the show notes. I, I don't think we'll put the link to the report in this episode. We'll put it in the next one. Make you come back for next week's episode. Yeah, um, But the show notes will be found on insurancehappyhour.com. Yep. Make sure to subscribe. Or not. I've stopped caring. A few episodes ago, if you've noticed, I've stopped bringing it up. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, we done? I think so. All right. <laughs> all right, well, as always, it's fun. Thanks for listening. Where's those Fritos? I um, I kind of ate them all. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> How long did it take you? I did not do it in one sitting. I did do it in the same day. <laughs> Hashtag shameful eats. 